0: Yeah, let's just get going. There is a great bit where we made a great Claude the Cat reference. Yep. Well, (laughs) who knows?
1: Yes, my cat, I can explain (laughs) it for those of you who have seen this movie, which I'm sure it's not a lot. Um, But a cat made a noise off screen. I was like, is that my cat? And Ben yelled, it's Claude, which is the name of the cat. And if I followed it, I would have died. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, everyone who follows the sound of a cat in this movie immediately <laughs> is brutally murdered um, So let that be a lesson to you cat owners out there, ignore your cats
1: Ignore the cats
0: So as you know, I don't understand the podcast yet, so it'll either be that or something along the lines of Welcome to Late to the Movies My name is Ben Holton, this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots Each week we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now, this week, the theme is going to be fairly obvious. But hey, let's do it anyway. We're going to do Christmas movies. We skipped it last December. We <laughs> just did a Lord of the Rings, but we're going to do actual Christmas movies. Nothing but classics, heartwarming, <laughs> gather the family. We're starting off with Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four is cult classic. Um, your guests, my guests, left right across your podcast dial. We got uh, actually Craig is up. I, I go clockwise for me. It's Craig. <laughs> Craig. Uh, Craig, the robot bear. He's on He's on the ones and twos. Um, uh, Sam's here. Hey. Bree's here. Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, so um, usually this is where I would explain what the month's theme is, but yeah, it's Christmas movies. Um, they're not all going to be like this, but I felt like this would be a good foil to the next episode, which will be It's a Wonderful Life. Um. Which has maybe a different view of the value of life, who knows? Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm really excited to talk about this movie, but before we do that, do you guys watch anything good recently?
2: Uh, I finally watched Alien
0: finally, interesting. you hadn't you hadn't seen it before,
2: but you know, I hadn't seen it, and I'm trying to go back and watch all of the like classic horror movies that are. Um, either incredibly cheesy or or just make lists of best horror movies, um. And this one was up there, and I finally watched it, and it was phenomenal. Five out of yeah, five.
0: That movie kicks ass. I also saw a Ridley Scott movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but we should keep talking about Alien before I talk about Napoleon for like five seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love Alien. I know last time you were on. Last month, you were doing series. You did Scream. You did Child's Play slash Chucky. Um, are you going to do all the aliens?
2: Yes, uh, so eventually. Um, it's Aliens is going to be the next one I watch at some point um, uh, after I slow down from playing uh, replaying Twilight Princess. <laughs> but sprinkled <laughs> in between gameplay, I will get to aliens because I believe all of them are available for streaming, though it's weird because like some are on like Max and then some are on like Hulu, I think, or Paramount. Um but it's not completely obvious which ones are where. <laughs> like it's not like the first three are somewhere and then the other and then like Aliens vs Predators are somewhere else. Like I think Alien is on one, Aliens two is on another and then three is on the same one that the first one is on. It's not it's not obvious. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the first two, at least, are bona fide five star movies, and then it gets pretty divisive on every other one from there on. But right, um, I like them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm still excited to watch all. Of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the uh, just this week I saw the news on the new alien movie that Fede Alvarez is working on. He made the mm-hmm. Don't Breathe movies and a couple other things that mm-hmm. you know maybe he could do. He can do tension at least, so maybe he's gonna make it more like the first movie. Um, but I just want I just want Ridley Scott to be able to finish his Michael Fassbender is a uh, weird robot trilogy. <laughs> and he's made two of them and they're phenomenal. <laughs> Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Um the best two and a half star movies ever made, both of them, <laughs> I think. Can't uh, wait. Yeah, I love those movies. People hate them. But the smart people know what's up and they know that the David Saga has to finish. That's his character's <laughs> name. He makes out with himself in Alien Covenant. It's oh, a perfect fun. movie. <laughs> um, so you just got seven films, I think, to go to get there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sam, you seen anything recently?
1: Um, Not really, to be honest. I don't think this will make the final edit, but we've been crushing dropout content like crazy um which we haven't really watched before like the last month or so so that was uh, worth
0: worth a subscription because Kay and i were literally just talking about that too.
2: absolutely I,
1: I would at the very least get the sub just knock out some shows you like and then if it doesn't hang okay, because yeah. that's kind of what we were at like we're like we're subbed and we're watching as much as we can like now kind of in the
2: It's only five bucks a month. Like it's I I find it to be very worth it. Like even if we stay subbed and catch up like they're they're still releasing a bunch of content. So right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Dropout's Mm. very worth it. They have multiple concurrent series. Yeah.
1: We start at the beginning of Make Some Noise, which I think they're only in like season two or three of. But it's essentially, for lack of a better term, they're like whose line equivalent or it's literally just giving people prompts for their improv and it's they start all doing one then they do duos and then they do ones all together and then they just arbitrarily award a winner just like carry did at the end of uh but that's been really good so far they got really good people on that um and breaking news is also a big highlight is good so that's my pitch for probably not Craig <laughs>
0: Yeah, you can ignore that one, Craig. No, no, no I, yeah. think that's, I think that's good. That's that's video content. It works. Yep. Um If I'm up, then yes. I'll... Okay, cool. Oh, um,
1: I have also seen some Ridley Scott stuff. Ben, have you seen some Ridley Scott stuff? <laughs> oh, I, I should have said something like Napoleon. Like, like I've also been watching a bunch of documentaries about world leaders. Ben, have you seen any documentaries about world leaders? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, only fictional movies.
0: <laughs> what I have seen is a romantic comedy about two weirdos in in the late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen hundreds in France. Amazing. <laughs> Intercut with maybe the best um, epic, large scale battle photography in the last ten years in cinema.
2: Shit.
0: <laughs> um, completely split down the middle. It's either like amazing jaw dropping battle scenes or. Um, Vanessa Kirby and Joaquin Phoenix doing like uh, Joaquin Phoenix giving. I mean, he's doing the same performance as he does in *Bo's Afraid*, like just straight up. Um, <laughs> and he's got a lot of hangups. And uh, this 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 lady's got his head done in because of sex. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, it's how long uh, was the
2: movie? Sorry, how long was the movie?
0: Uh, it's about. Two and a half and change. Oh man! Um, probably to the film's detriment that I knew he had said this before I watched it. He didn't. He didn't say this, but like the vibe was, this is basically a sizzle reel. It's just a two-hour and forty-minute-long sizzle reel. <laughs> and when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, it kind of it feels abridged, like. It feels like it's either too long or too short, but I mean, it's great. I mean, I think Joaquin yep. Phoenix has given my two favorite comedic performances this year when one in a horror movie and one in a, uh, you know, uh, biopic. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned Alien 3, David yep. Fincher, that's David Fincher's, you know, first big budget movie, his most recent movie for the Netflix corporation, The Killer. That's out. That's been out for a while, but I just got to it this week. Um, that movie rocks. I like Ma- Michael Fassbender a lot. This is the first movie he's made in like five years. Is he a robot in this one too? He's not a robot in this one, but he is um, robotic, I guess. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get a name. He's just like very blank slate. It's um, It doesn't explain anything. It doesn't give him a backstory. You just kind of understand what's happening with this guy as it's going. And it's um organized basically into five sections with like different characters going on in each one. It's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. It's uh and then I also saw the holdovers. It's really good. Paul Giamatti's awesome in it.
1: Is that the Sideways sequel? Not sequel, but you know what I mean, like the Yes. Second movie from the Sideways Guys.
0: Uh yeah, so it's the first movie, Alexander Payne, who's a writer and a director. Um He directed this movie. I don't know if he wrote this one. He's won, I think, two Oscars for writing, but I don't think he wrote this one. Um, And if he did, I'm sorry to (laughs) ask He's a big fan. Um, Yeah, it's his first movie with Paul Giamatti since Sideways. Giamatti's awesome in it. He basically looks like the human embodiment of the Lorax and, (laughs) um, and carries himself that way and is like, Mirrors Mr. Bean levels of uh, physical comedy in it. And of course, it's like a kind of uh, heartstring pulling, um, you know, romedy but it's also funny. Um, it's good we're talking about it last because it's set in 1970 over uh, Christmas break at a boarding school.
1: Ooh, um, that sounds
0: familiar. And. I was listening on the same, maybe even the same episode of the big picture. They just interviewed Alexander Payne about this and they were talking to him about one thing that stood out in particular was he, he tried to shoot it as if he had what was available to people in 1970 and, um, using some of those techniques. And one of the things referenced was 70 zooms, like slow, dramatic zooms. And so watching black Christmas, <laughs> a movie genuinely made in nineteen in the early 1970s. It's like, oh yeah, there's a lot of zooms on people. Anytime someone <laughs> gets information, the camera slowly zooms in on them. It's awesome. Yeah, that they Christmas do. Christmas looks great. I want to talk about it. Do you, is that cool?
3: Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, I will allow it. Cool. Um, I hadn't seen this movie before. Heard a lot about it. Uh, the one image I knew from it is the girl with the bag on her head in a rocking chair. That's even on the poster. It's not really a spoiler to mention <laughs> that, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. The poster also says something that I can't quite wrap my head around. Uh, uh,
1: the skin thing? I saw that yesterday, and I also didn't get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the poster, and we'll get into, like, the normal run of things. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, does that, does that mean the killer's going to take your skin off?
1: Because that doesn't happen. <laughs> so. That
0: doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: are they talking that's, about the bag
1: that's what i fi- i figure it's supposed to be a reference to the bag but the bag has nothing to do with skin and everything to do with not being able to breathe
2: yeah <laughs> but rim- if you have a the bag over it then the skin can't move i guess your skin can't crawl because the bag is super tight over your skin
0: but it's only on her head surely your skin can crawl elsewhere yeah
2: I'm not saying it's good. No, but also <laughs> it's good. I
1: didn't put her head in like a sous vide machine. So if anyone wants to take that for a horror movie in the f- future, feel free.
0: <laughs> Speaking of horror movies, taking things from other horror movies, we'll get into a lot of that. Yep. You guys hadn't seen this movie before either, right? No. No. Cool. Uh, so any of those are eligible for a one minute plot summary? Does anyone feel particularly strongly about doing one?
1: Strongly no, but I'm happy to do one. Fair enough. (laughs) All right, start the clock. I did. All right, a bunch of people who are probably late twenties, early thirties are pretending to be college kids in a movie, but like it's actually they're 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 college kids and And some late uh, (laughs) thirties. Yep. (laughs) Um. So so yeah, a bunch of old looking college kids uh, are all complaining about somebody who calls and some fucked up shit on the phone. Um. Just like moaning and shit, and and yelling misogynistic stuff. And they're like, "Oh, don't do that." And then one girl gets insulted. She gets upset, goes upstairs. She gets a bag that chokes her out. Uh, and then the um, the main, who you find out is the main character, is pregnant, and she wants to have an abortion, but her boyfriend's being real seventies about it. And um, then uh, the worst cops in the world and one decent cop show up and uh, tap her phone. Uh, and then a bunch of people get murdered. To be honest, uh, including people who aren't in the house and just around the town. Uh, and then finds out that the call's coming from inside the house, and then like all but like one person dies, and then the abortion boyfriend shows up, and is like, hey, what are you gonna do? What, what, what's going on? Why are you hiding from me? And then she beats him to death, and then they're like, oh, that was the killer right there. It was that guy, and then it turns out the real killer's still in the house.
0: And it's just, that's Black Christmas, baby. Black Christmas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's Um, (laughs) Christmas. Yeah, so I didn't figure out the lyrics, but I did want to start this episode with a tribute to Vaz, who couldn't be here tonight, um, by adapting a song, and it was going to be something about Black Christmas to the tune of Last Christmas.
1: Black Um, Christmas, you got me a bag. (laughs) You put it on my head, and then I was dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it would have been something like that. Yeah. and uh but i didn't so <laughs> uh, there's a couple different places to enter in this movie there's really first the house for instance <laughs> in which they only lock one door and only one window which seems I, like a good choice there was like I,
2: 50 windows on that part yeah, Rory.
1: <laughs> I really liked that they pointed that out and then also didn't have a montage of them shutting any of the doors and in fact certainly didn't go in Barb's room because he had been stabbed to death by then so they probably would have noticed
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, we can start by talking about this is sometimes considered the first slasher movie ever Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about how it's the only good Christmas movie the director Bob Clark ever made. Um, <laughs> we, we almost did the other movie, so <laughs> uh, I'm really happy we didn't. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to that. We can talk about the urban legends it's based on if you've heard it in other contexts. Um, you mentioned in your plot summary the calls coming from inside the house. Yep. I think I vaguely knew that that's part of this movie when I started watching it, but I still think I associate it more with When a Stranger Calls just because of the title of the movie. Mm. That's not until 1979, the first one, at least. Mm. So this beats that. Um, but that's an urban legend that's been, you know, adapted into a bunch of different things. The call's actually coming from inside the house.
1: Yeah, and it was interesting but that yeah. this one, with it being like one of the first ones, that, like they literally just show... From the killer's POV, they don't show the killer, but like they just show the killer entering the house. Sometimes making the phone calls, like you're never revealed on who the person is, um, for like a whodunit side of things. Um, but but yeah, you know the whole time the killer's in the house. It's not like one of those things where there's like a dramatic reveal. Yeah, I kind of am interested to see. I think the movie would have been a lot less compelling. Um. And it would have been a lot different if the calls weren't coming from inside the house, but it's an interesting dynamic, like the scene where they find out that it's coming from inside the house, which is later, and I don't want to jump all the way there, but Mm -hmm. I think it's quite cleverly delivered because they've already set up one cop to be incompetent. And, like, they give him the line of, like, it's coming from this address. And the other cop's like, "Nah, you idiot. <laughs> that, that is the house. What's the other number? And it's like, it's both numbers, sir. And, and, like, the slow zoom, like you were talking about earlier, to that guy. So I was like,
0: oh, God damn it! <laughs> like, but. Ugh, man. Great scene. Um, we'll get there. It's but. great. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. I, um, so... The point of view of the killer thing. So yep. this being the first slasher seemingly directly influences Halloween, which famously opens with a quote unquote one shot take, um, which hides some of the cuts in it. But it's the point of view take that opens Halloween from the view of Michael Myers, where you find out at the end he's a little kid, but, he, you know, he puts on the mask, you see him grab the uh, the knife, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that I knew about. Going in that Halloween is often seen as like pretty indebted to this movie, not just the holiday thing, but also uh, turns out it's starting with that point of view shot. I didn't know that was going to happen. I was like, oh, OK, cool. Um, and this is also shot in in uh, Panavision. So it has similarities visually, too. Um, and then the other big pull for things that this influenced is Scream, right?
1: Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. it's it, it it's like if you if if you asked Wes Craven, like, hey, I'd love for you to watch Black Christmas and then come up or even maybe when a stranger calls and then come up with a quick 10 minute scene, like as an homage to that movie, I'm pretty sure you'd get the beginning of Scream 1 pretty consistently. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,
0: And then also, if you ask Wes Craven to watch this movie, which he definitely has, he'd probably be <laughs> like that cop. Oh, I'm going to make him the cop in my movie because yeah. <laughs> uh, John Saxon, 10 years after this movie comes out, plays the cop who's also Nancy's dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep, um, I saw that. That dude is born to play a cop. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is, it's it's crazy to see him here. And then I was looking at him like, I've seen this guy play a cop in a horror movie before. And it took me a second just because he's, I mean, 10 years older. Yep. But this movie, him like in his, you know, physical prime, this is a year after he co-stars with Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. So wow. weird career for that guy. 60s, he's in a lot of Westerns. He also becomes like a black belt in judo in that time. <laughs> the, uh, the calls I didn't know about. Like I said, I knew about like the inside the house stuff maybe vaguely as we were watching this. It was like, oh yeah, I think it's one of those movies. Yeah. Um, not that it hides that. Like you see from the killer's point of view that he's in the house yeah. right very early, like within the first couple of minutes. You know this. Um, and then uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, the, at the calls themselves though, once he actually starts using words, one of the voices he's using sounds a lot like the voice that uh, Ghostface uses in all the screen movies. I yeah,
1: bro. It was tough. It was tough for me. I, I, I had read com beforehand, just because yeah. for horror movies, it's not a bad scan, just to make sure that hey, anything here that's going to really bother you, or if there is something that's going to bother you, that you're at least worried about, are you're, you're aware of it, I should say. But I was like reading a lot of the... Because you can kind of scan, it's color-coded, so you kind of like look for red ones, and like all the red ones were like, there's a lot of misogyny in here. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of abuse. There's a lot of you like people saying really messed up stuff. And I was like, Oh, all right. I guess, you know, we'll deal with this. And then, like that first phone call, I'm like, Oh, we're going to get a lot of this, aren't we? This is a lot.
0: Oh, oh yeah. From, from Billy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just say, I think it's sort of, so this is like, if you're seeing the movie in 1974, the, the continuum of horror you're in, if you're a big horror fan that is seeing mm. this small Canadian movie in 1974, <laughs> You probably saw The Exorcist in 1973. Yep. So you've seen Linda Blair swearing, I guess. But aside from yep. that, that's that character is just possessed by the devil. You know, I really hadn't really thought swearing. about
1: that. That's true. Like, it's yeah. it's definitely got to be like that vibe. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had not been thinking about that. Okay. As
0: I was gonna say, you haven't necessarily seen a character not possessed by the devil played by like sure. an attractive woman who is all about swearing sure. and talking about, you know, monkeys that have sex for three days in a row. I'm talking about Margot Kidder. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he was great in this movie. I uh, so it's interesting you say that there's like a lot of misogyny because definitely for Billy, he's got some weird stuff. Um, a lot of the cops mm. are very unhelpful, although it mostly just comes down to Nash, I guess. Yep, who is always at the nexus of the cops being unhelpful. Yep. <laughs> um, but I thought a lot of, and I guess we can talk about the cast now, I thought a lot of them got. Not necessarily a lot of characterization, but going into this movie, I thought it was going to be like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the other sorority, like slasher movie. I I can't think of the name of it, but whatever it is. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: That sounds vaguely familiar. There's one where I believe like the twist is that it was one of the sorority girls that was the killer or something like that. Yeah.
0: It might be a house on soror- sorority row. Um, I've heard
2: of, yeah, that's one of them.
1: Oh, yeah, um, I don't want to spoil Happy Death Day has uh...
2: Happy yeah. Death Day. Well, so, it's not about a sorority, but she's in one. She's
1: in one and the killer is also in the sorority. Yeah. Spoilers.
2: I think Happy that's might be I what I was thinking of. of I so, think I was thinking of Happy Death Day. Yeah.
0: Um, so this is. a row. Going into like a 70s movie about a, that's considered the first slasher movie set in a sorority house, I thought it would be more pure exploitation. Um, you thought I thought that there would be like, you know, completely superfluous scenes where you just see boobs, but mm-hmm. you don't. Which was like really yep. surprising for me that and apparently that's a thing that Bob Clark cared a lot about was like not being super exploitative with the girls. Um, when they were filming those calls, there was actually a much milder track that the people on set could hear. And then in post-production, they put in all that stuff because oh, wow. they... well, that's actually
1: very nice. Yeah. To be yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I think so. Part of it was that definitely yeah. was that that was one layer of it. Um, that he didn't want to scar all these like young 20-something <laughs> year old women. Um but then also. They just wanted a kind of mild reaction to the phone calls, at least at first. That first one where they're all kind of huddled around and hearing the phone call. Um, And there's like a really good mix on everyone's face of kind of like this is sort of scary, but we feel safe right now.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's kind of like the almost like the strength in numbers, just like uh, which this guy would stop calling more than like actual danger.
0: And Margot Kidder, who's a good 50 years older than everyone else. No, I I mean, she's, I think she's actually like 26 or 28 here. Yeah. Everyone else is around 22, 23, I think. And that's like a pretty big age difference for people sometimes.
1: Yeah. And as we've talked about since we've done a bunch of kind of older movies lately, like people just look older in past decades. Like, I don't know what phenomenon that causes that. If it's associating the clothes with parents or just styles or just. Some magical force just makes people look older back then. I don't know, but
2: it's yeah. weird though, cause like starting this movie, I thought they were weirdly modern looking. Like there was lots of the fashion choices, lots of the hair choices. I'm like, this seems like it could have been recorded like not that long ago. Like there was a like I w- there wasn't any big hair except for like one girl that had really curly hair. Um, the clothes looked. Just, like, a little vintage, but I wouldn't say, like, I got, like, super, like, 70s vibes from. Um, so that, like, compared to some other people in the movie that were, like, very 70s looking, it just seemed like those people were out of place.
0: <laughs> so, and again, th- I mean, this is an IMDb trivia thing, so grain of salt, but apparently... And a lot of the main characters are considered like some of the most, you know, it's Margot Kidder and Olivia Hussey, and are considered like extremely fashionable, you know, big 70s stars, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 60s and 70s stars. Olivia Hussey's Romeo and Juliet is 60-something, right? Um, apparently they had to provide their own wardrobe, so. Oh. Huh. was so a perhaps, small budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perhaps the more stylish among the cast members just wore better clothes. <laughs>
2: That's
0: funny. I think of um one of the dudes who the guy who's first like playing hockey, and then shows up later in in just like a nice shearling jacket. Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess that's just his jacket. He just was like, "I'm just gonna wear my nice jacket. That'll be my character's uniform." Um. Anyway, so I mentioned Olivia Hussey, Margo Kidder, um, Andrea Martin turns into those, those sort of become the three main girls let's say because that's sort of i mean they're all adults the actors but um in the opening credits i knew olivia Hussey, Mario margot kidder were in this i was surprised to see Kier de name from 2001 space odyssey because i was like that's in the 60s and he's a full adult then <laughs> is he playing yeah. someone's dad and, and um but no, he's i think he's 38 in this movie and he is playing like a like a resident or a grad student or something, he's not an underclassman for sure.
2: Yeah, he's. he's I think he's supposed to be like twenty three, twenty four, and yeah. he does not look it. <laughs> that
0: adds. He's he's the main red herring in the movie mm-hmm. that it's trying to maybe convince you that oh, that guy might be the one who's doing this, and the fact that he's so much older and he has such a distinctive face that looks so weird with this puffy hair because i mean a close up of his face from 2001 is one of the most famous images in cinema history so it's just right. like like i know that guy's face and it doesn't have that hair around it um so it's it's just like really off putting anytime he is shown so that definitely adds to maybe that guy's murdering people he could be i wouldn't be like that surprised um but anyway and then Andrea Martin came up in the credits. And I was like, Andrea Martin, isn't that the the funny aunt from My Big Fat <laughs> Greek Wedding? Yeah. And I was like, yes. yeah, it is. <laughs> and and then I like, as the movie's getting going and it's in the point of view, I'm like, I have no idea what she looked like in the 70s. I think the earliest thing I've ever seen her in is my big fat Greek wedding. And I was like, oh, I wonder who she is, and it's showing like some of the girls, and they're like, it was the phone. And they're at a party, and there's some people in the background. It's like maybe that's Andrea Martin in the 70s, and then they show Andrea Martin. It's like, oh no, she looks the same. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's her for sure. <laughs> uh, Don't have to
1: look up that one.
0: <laughs> no, most most best actress Tony nominations of all time. Good for her. Oh,
1: wow. I yeah, would have guessed wrong on that one.
0: And I think those are the main people, those those four characters and John Saxon, who we already talked about, are kind of the main characters, I guess. And whoever that wonderful, wonderful guy who had to trace the call (laughs) just running by phone stacks, going, oh, was not enough time? You got to tell him to keep him on the line. (laughs) Keep him on the line. All he's he's doing is
1: moaning and yelling like the C words. Like, oh, no, you got to keep him going. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah you gotta keep it going uh let's get into the actual movie though so I did, this did you is, guys feel oh, sorry, so just ahead. as an overall umbrella how did you feel this held up as a nearly 50 year old horror movie that came out pretty much before slashers <laughs> in North ah. America at least I guess indebted to Jallo movies from Italy at least a little bit but still
1: my main takeaway was that I thought that the the scenes were very um creative but i didn't i don't i wouldn't say like 100 percent of them landed with me from like the standpoint of like how we're shooting this or what like the angle like they do a lot of stuff from billy's like point of view the 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 villain um where it's a lot of like pov stuff where he's doing some things and like I feel like I, uh, more than most people, I have a tendency to do that. I don't know how, like, how would that happen? Like, like, how are we realistically, would this happen? It's like, shut up, it's a movie, move on. Um, But, like, the scene where, I don't want to jump super far ahead, but, like, the, the scene where Barb gets stabbed with the unicorn and how they kind of, like, frame it from, like, the side and they have, like, uh, uh, like the, the blood dripping off of it after every swing and they're doing zoom-ins on the, the weapon and stuff my thought was like i haven't seen a ton of horror movies and a ton of old slashers but i thought it was going to be a lot more brutal it's almost like they were trying while it's i'm not saying it's not brutal it almost seemed like a lot of times they were trying to be like what's the artsiest way we could kill this person (laughs) or or display this dead body
0: That felt very giallo very italian um all the close-ups of eyes also very italian
1: (laughs) i did Um, like that scene where they zoom in on the one eye with the with the uh both so um i I, I like yeah i like i like (laughs) to zoom in on the one the one eye in the in the bedroom scene
0: and he's wearing Um, he's wearing like a red contact or something yeah but it it works i don't know Bree
1: was talking, what had happened, the only thing that you found, even remotely, that got you to jump was when they zoomed in on the eye in between the crack of the door, right? Yeah, for
2: some reason, like, that eye fucking got me. (laughs) Like, I didn't jump, jump, but it was the most unsettling part of that movie. It was very, uh, it was very, um, Hannibal Lecter.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. That's a good, that's a good pull. Um, and I think I going into it, I think we, we talked about it. Like I hadn't seen this movie either. So, you know, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Great. salt. I'm sure there's jumps or whatever, but it's, it's sort of a proto slasher. So there's, it's probably not super jump um, dependent. Yeah. It's probably got some stuff going on besides that. And whatever's there is probably pretty quaint, but I still thought like a lot of it was more sophisticated than I imagined. I'm not saying the plot's complex or it's like, you know, you know, it's not like a, uh, Charlie Kaufman screenplay or anything, Yeah, but I, I thought like what was going on had more, there was more there, there in a lot of it than I expected with the characters. There was more than I thought there would be, um, with the killer. There was more than I thought there would be with, with a lot of the ways this, the scenes were shot. It's not, it's not as amateurish as I expected, I guess is what I was going to say.
1: It, w- it was funny in the beginning. I forgot how far they were they were going pretty far like with like talking back and forth about different stuff and i literally said out loud like man i kind of expected the acting in this movie to be worse like just based on the framing and yeah. then like by i i still stand up with that statement i don't think the acting was bad at all but like right after i said that someone delete like delivered like a completely flat line and I'm like well it's it for that girl but that was the girl that got killed yeah.
0: so I was like
1: oh, okay well maybe she didn't have any experience
0: and there's there's a <laughs> couple dudes around the periphery early who are like, "You like there's a reason I don't know who you are, but
3: yeah, I mean, there's some like
0: there's some big you know names in this, and they mm. they are i I didn't expect that to be a the level of competency, I guess is the short way to say it, was was what surprised me maybe the most in like every sort of aspect of the movie, yep. so uh, so what's up with Billy? Do you think I don't know.
1: Bri, what do you think?
2: Honestly, I unfortunately it's probably mental illness displayed in a very horrible way. Um, but I don't know it's it's terrifyingly realistic in a way that like yes, it's it's probably mental illness and it's not a great display of it, but there are people that unfortunately are that out of it. And they do shit like this. Um, so, like, the realism of it, like, freaked me out. Because um, I think we were discussing it. Like, this movie is probably way more terrifying to women yeah. um, than it is to men. <laughs> so, there, there's a certain realism to it where, while, yes, it's a horror movie. So, lots of the characters are inherently not very smart. Um, it's still... It can still happen and it does happen. Like I saw um I was wondering besides like when a stranger calls and scream and stuff like that, there was like this is just so familiar. Um, and it turns out a few years after this movie, they were going to premiere it on T V under like a different name. And two weeks before the premiere is when the sorority murders happen at FSU where Ted Bundy snuck in. Um so I was like, Yep, that's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you're, you know, maybe whatever, like you said, what they're displaying with Billy isn't necessarily, you know, a perfect one-to-one or an exactly sympathetic view of someone who might have those issues. But this is the kind of house they'd target, right? Right. Like, not a lot of responsibility. No one's really in charge. No one's really locking the doors. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of young women who aren't really... Prioritizing safety because it's college, it's a sorority, exactly. whatever.
2: Probably not going to have any sort of weapons in the house. Like. Yeah.
0: And as you were saying that, I was thinking, so all of those movies that we're talking about all have some sort of um, preceding thing. If you look them up, like, yeah, they were based on this legend or this urban myth, but also mm-hmm. in, you know, a nearby area, this kind of thing actually did happen like right. 10 years before that or whatever in the 50s in Montreal, apparently there were similar types of murders that also inspired this. Mm-hmm. Um, despite all the American flags in the police station, this very obviously filmed in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: was like Ontario or something like that. Yeah.
1: They tried so hard to make it America. They're like, oh, we're all Americans. Even yeah. though everyone's like got kicking Canadian accents besides the one girl well, who's like Argentinian <laughs> English or whatever she is.
0: That's Olivia. Uh, see, yep. she's... um. She's still, she's doing like the same voice she uses in Romeo and Juliet, which is like Royal Shakespeare Company English. It's not even (laughs) like an English that exists out in the wild. Oh,
1: no, that's why I said to Brio, "It's like, how'd they get this, like, uh, mid-Atlantic accent? Like, did they pull this girl from the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> like, where'd they find her?
2: Well, she was born in Argentina, but grew up in Britain. And when I f- heard her talk, I was like, this is definitely a mix of an Argentinian and a uh, British accent. Like, it's just strange enough that it sounded like a perfect blend of both. Yeah. It is
1: almost jarring. Like it's very weird to hear her, like, like at first I just thought I hadn't heard her properly. I'm like, sorry, what, what's going on? What's uh, It's like she's doing a bit. What's happening? And then, because it's not like they're yeah. like, oh, you're an English exchange student, you wouldn't understand. It's like no, oh. she just talks like that, which is like fine, but it's it's a little jarring in a movie that's all North American accents throughout.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, I like that they. I mean. They don't even explain what who the killer is or what their whole deal is. So I guess they don't have to be like, just so you know, here's where this person's from because That's you're, right. you're going to have questions. But there are questions for sure.
2: <laughs> I really like that there's no backstory to Billy. Like I just like that he's just a a villain that is not seen. That he's just heard in the creepiest way. And then the ending of him still being in the house and you still don't see him. You just see the bodies that were never found. Is great.
0: Yeah. Um I also love the ending that um I'm curious what you think happens like once the credits come up because I was looking at some other opinions out there and I was surprised that they were like oh this is this is a great setup for a sequel because like Olivia Hussey is still alive.
2: <laughs> um Olivia Hussey is definitely not okay. going to be alive.
0: yeah, um, yeah. all right. That's no, an yeah, interpretation I... too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I think they... I don't think that's a setup for a sequel. I think that's a setup for they didn't catch the villain, so as soon as the cops walk out, he is going to go kill her.
0: The phone rings, and and like the scene before that, one of the cops is like, oh, yeah, I guess every time they called, it was right after they killed someone, and then the camera mm-hmm. pulls out of the house, and you hear the phone ring. So. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it took me out a little bit out of the movie, um, because of the fact they didn't search the attic, it's like if something like this was happening, the cops are going to search it like top to bottom. Like they searched the entire basement. They searched all the rooms. It's very obvious there's an attic like
0: yeah, I, <laughs> it's I, not I, hidden. <laughs> I agree. There is like a thrown away line when there. there's a lot. I actually really like what they do with the sound at this point where, you know, you, the viewer stays in the hallway looking into Olivia Hussey's room, but you hear um, John Saxon trying to like clear the reporters out from downstairs and all this other noise. And someone does say like, Oh, let's get everyone out of here and then we'll come back and search the house. And oh, did like, he say that? It's really thrown away. Mm-hmm. And then it's like also not realistic that they wouldn't do that first.
2: Yeah. But Cause it, I do. I remember the line saying
0: that in later when they were like, it not make any sense. That these cops didn't search <laughs> the house. And it's like, maybe they just want to go take care of something first.
2: Right. I do remember them saying a line that um that there were too many bodies um so they had to like go somewhere else and that they need to round up the rest of the bodies. So to me, unless I missed that line, which I'm yeah I'm assuming I missed the line, we're saying they were gonna come back to search the house. Um, when I heard that line, I was like, okay, so they searched the rest of the house and then the ending started happening. It's like, oh, he's definitely still in the attic. So if he's still in the attic, that means they didn't search it. So yeah, I think I might've just missed the throwaway line, uh throwaway line then, which yikes, uh,
0: which I don't blame you. I missed it too. But then reading a recap oh, so gotcha. it mentions like, ended like there was a throwaway line where this happens. So I, I kind of want to go back and double check that because so right. like, great. assault cause like, I definitely didn't hear that either.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I read a recap that said it's in there. So Whatever. Okay, um, but I'm I'm with you. That's it's weird. That was my first thought when the movie ended. Like, why didn't they look in that house? Yeah. Um, were they just that convinced by? uh Yeah, it was definitely this guy. This guy was giving off creepy vibes. The half a second that two cops saw him once. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was that guy. It's like, okay, <laughs> so I mean, still look around. You're still missing. A few bodies. Yeah, no, like <laughs> That
1: was the thing that killed me was like, they were like, oh, like we, yeah, like, like we got so many bodies to deal with. We got to, you know, so it's like, okay, so they at least found those bodies. Like, why didn't they find all of them?
2: No, bodies? but if you, I think they give a count and I'm like, that's not enough bodies.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does set up a pretty good. I mean, and maybe it's just in service of like, this is a better image that, you go up into the attic, you see the bodies that are still there, you pull out through the window. I That shot almost like was like, whoa, they didn't have... They do that all the time through Sandra Bullock's helmet and Gravity, but that was CGI. This is 1974. Because um, it's in focus, even uh, Mrs. McHenry, Mrs. Mack, in the background. Yeah. Um, even she's in focus, and then it pulls back and you're outside the house. And then um, you just see Claire... With the bag overhead, "quote unquote," looking out the window, still yep. while there's just some dumbass cop on the front porch as the phone <laughs> starts ringing. And yeah, while Billy's in there, he just killed the other person. Yeah, good job, cops.
3: <laughs>
0: you know, you don't be- you didn't believe them for the first like you know until two days after Claire was murdered, basically. <laughs> These dumbass cops ruining everything.
2: Yeah, no the the not searching of the attic, like I. I think I got unreasonably annoyed by it because they were already there. (laughs) They already cleared out so many of the rooms. Like, why would you not just check the attic while you're there?
0: (laughs) Clearly, like, this is what's happening for the precinct today. Like, okay, maybe some, maybe, like, the main dudes are going back to the station and talk to reporters. Like, leave a couple (laughs) guys. I know
2: the 70s (laughs) didn't have, like, great policing, but, like, come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know, so Billy got into the attic, like, from the outside. That was the opening, right? You know, yeah, he
2: he like um scaled the um, whatever that thing is called um, yeah. and then got in through a window.
0: So I guess maybe he could just leave that way, too. But it's also during the day now. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is one thing that's interesting. Um, I was going to say, if they made this today, they have and we can talk about that. <laughs> um, the fact that this goes on over the course of like. A few days was kind of, I thought, an interesting choice, too. Because I think, like, I don't know. I trust my intuition enough to have got a bad vibe and been like, you know, I'm going to go stay at home for a bit. We obviously don't have class. We're just kind of mm. hanging out.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fact that they were like, oh, Claire's probably just wherever. It's like, I mean, if you know that she's not prone to do that, you you, you know, Maybe check where she is, like, have a little more alertness. Like, I know there's no like cell phones or anything yet, but like.
0: (laughs) The second that uh, the other characters were leaving and Mrs. Mack tells. um, Andrea Martin, like, I'm I'm. I'm on my way out, so if I'm not here when you get back, don't worry about it. it just means I already left. Don't check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, that's bad news for that lady. Yep. Oh, she's not going to check for you, but you're not leaving. <laughs> um, and she gets a fucking hook to the face.
1: Yeah. With not enough momentum to probably hook that face, but we'll take it.
0: <laughs> Hooks her and then you just see her like get fucking zoomed up into the ceiling.
1: It's very like reverse uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's just good stuff. (laughs) Is
1: there there's definitely is it alien aliens. Somebody gets dragged into a ceiling. No spoilers for Brie.
0: There is a lot of ceiling business in aliens.
1: (laughs) That's fair. I think that's the best way to put it.
0: When they're making like the. um. I don't think anyone gets pulled into a ceiling, though. I okay. think someone checks a ceiling and then gets pulled into the floor. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I,
1: I, I have a, I have one in my brain, but I don't want to say it cause it's the main character. And then um, the only other thing I can even remotely think about that evokes the same imagery is in Jurassic Park Two, where the guy gets pulled into the waterfall. <laughs> but, um that was just an excuse to throw a lot of blood in waterfall though that was not really the lost complex. world yeah
0: i call it the lost world
1: oh that's fair the in lost, lost
0: world, world comma jurassic park or whatever when i was, a kid, it was, it was
1: always jurassic park 2 to me because... <laughs> yeah, and,
0: and it should remain so
1: yeah <laughs> I, I, my my job with the lost world was to tell my dad which movie i wanted because i was too stupid to know i'm like i want new jurassic park and he's like okay We'll get, oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. We're like, Dreads Park 2. Like, That's not the name of it. But we're in an RX place in Swansea, Massachusetts. so good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that place was weird.
1: It was weird. there was a pharmacy that sold DVD or uh, VHS. Got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's Stop and shop. They had like a whole video rental section. Mm-hmm. That's where I. And also they sold VHSs That's where I bought the VHS for. We're back.
1: Oh, hell yeah. More dinosaur movies. <laughs> When's dinosaur month? We got to knock all these. <laughs>
0: well, let's get back to Black, to Black Christmas. So I. I think we all like that. It doesn't go into backstory for Billy or show his face ever. Right.
1: Yeah, I don't think I want to know Billy's backstory, to be fair. I feel like the more they delve into it, the worse it would be. So um,
0: don't watch the 2006 remake then. Oh, hell uh, yeah. <laughs> um, which has a lot of his backstory, uh, which I when I read that was like, Oh, it's ripping off the Rob zombie Halloween, which the first one of those has a lot of like Michael Myers backstory. He grew up in this abusive household and that's what made him into the way he was. Mm. Um, and they do the same thing in the 2006 black Christmas remake with Billy. Um, Except this came, the 2006 remake came out a year before the Rob Zombie Halloween movie, so uh, <laughs> My Rob Zombie ripped that off. I don't know.
2: <laughs> the only reason I want to watch the 2006 one is because I love the cast of Sorority Girls in that movie, so I just need to know. <laughs> so, you know and
1: this is a real who's who of 2000s of uh, Sorority Girl. Um,
0: <laughs> it I really was- is. <laughs> I mean, the t- if like what's the 2006 equivalent of Olivia Hussey and Margot Kidder and Andrea Martin? It's Definitely. I mean, Lacey Chabert's in there.
1: Yeah, I don't know which one Lacey Chabert's doing, but she's she's in there somewhere.
0: She's only in one paragraph of the plot summary on Wikipedia, so she's mm. not in it a lot, I guess. But Michelle Trachtenberg is in it a lot, I, I suppose. Not the main character. The main character, I don't know from anything else, to be honest. Yeah, I don't.
1: I think I looked her up, and I
0: couldn't but I sent you guys the fun fact that she was also in the Little Love 2006 remake of When a Stranger Calls, and it must be yep. weird to be typecast as a girl who doesn't know the calls coming from inside the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then also not being a scream movie, which is a tough break for her.
0: Apparently, the 2019 one doesn't have a th- call that's coming from inside the house. Oh. What
2: isn't that the entire premise? <laughs>
0: No, not of the 2019 remake. It, into it? I really want to tell you guys. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine with it. You yeah, I'm
2: still going to watch it, but I don't care about being spoiled for it.
0: Remember how this movie is about a magic statue that turns a fraternity evil? <laughs> yeah,
2: it's right there in the very beginning.
0: It's right in there. <laughs> Apparently, there's no mention of Billy or Agnes or anyone like that.
2: Oh, there's not even a Billy?
0: Uh, It's not in the plot summary. Um, Blumhouse, what are you doing? So they go to a a college named Hawthorne College, and there's this weird fraternity that keeps trying to rape all these girls. (laughs) It keeps happening. It's constant. It's in every paragraph of the plot summary. Um, And they love a statue of this guy, Hawthorne, who founded the college. Turns out this statue is secreting a black ooze, and instead of turning them into mutant ninja turtles, it turns them into killer statues that sends them after girls who are getting too uppity. What um, the fuck?
1: <laughs> did, our,
0: did our slash gaming come up with this plot? <laughs> um let me see the phrasing it literally the phrasing in the plot summary on wikipedia the liquid allows the spirit of hawthorne to possess the fraternity's pledges and send them out to women they deem unruly jesus christ sorry sending them out to murder women they deem unruly all right um yep there's other twists too, but the big one is they got Carrie Elway's for this. <laughs> um, How's Carrie Elway's doing? He's in it. <laughs> Two thirds of the cast list does not have a Wikipedia page, so it's not one that uh, Jason Blum really shelled out money for. Not that he ever does. That's they still they still made a profit. That's how Blumhouse rolls. So I don't know. Well, I love Jason Blum movies. That's
2: that's an interesting one to switch up like that.
0: <laughs> so, Control F Billy zero out of zero on the Wikipedia page for this movie.
2: That's insane. There's no I wonder Billy what the is magic decision statue. For that was. So, <laughs> I wonder what the decision for that was because it did, This is a straight up remake, but he he didn't leave anything the same. <laughs>
0: The trailer has women in like a in uh, like a sexy Santa costumes dancing to um, Jingle Bell Rock, which I'm like, I've seen that before.
2: (laughs) Mean (laughs) Girls reference.
0: You can't just do that. (laughs) That's that's a different movie. Yeah, that's a different. That's a better movie.
2: Um,
0: This was written and directed by a woman. (laughs) Like I texted you, it seems to be about me, too, which is. Yeah, they, they went for something, but. So, state of the film industry, right? They said, let's make a Black Christmas remake. People have heard those words before, and they think it, they know that movie. Yep. And this is how you get your movie made, and then you make it your own, I guess. Is uh, written and directed by the same woman. So
3: Yeah. You know That's what's, really be- uh, <laughs> you know what's well.
1: messed up, apropos
0: of nothing? I'm
1: looking at the girl who directed the 2019's Wikipedia, and there's a picture of her, and it says... Uh, what's her last name? Tikal, looks like. It says, Tikal and her current husband <laughs> in <Like>, 2011.
2: Breaking <laughs> shots. You don't have to say that. What a shady comment. Doesn't even seem like she's been married before. <laughs> like, what if you introduced just, like you
1: were like, oh, this is my current husband.
0: <laughs> people do that, and everyone's like, that's distasteful. Yep. People do actually do that. Anyway... <laughs> I'm gonna narrow that down into a like a, a tighter digression, but mm. again, if that's the message you want to work into your movie, does describing all the evil to a magic statue not sort of undercut your point about like rape culture on college campuses?
2: It's it's funny. I'm looking at the notes on the wiki page, and it says that this version wanted to emphasize the feminist themes and make them more obvious. That's not smarter. <laughs> 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 Making something more obvious and. Assuming that your audience is stupid does not make a better movie.
0: (laughs) One other thing that seems dumb is that (laughs) in the trailers for both of the remakes, you see like full body shots of the killers, Mm -hmm. which again, like, have you guys not seen this movie? Seems like maybe (laughs) you haven't. You've just heard of it. (laughs) It's kind of the point.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Also, Agnes is a character as well as Billy in the 2006 one
2: yeah it seems like it's a more not completely true to the first one but at least similar
0: <laughs> at least there's a billy <laughs> yeah
2: you know, and at least more. there's a call
0: inside the house <laughs> andrea martin's in the 2006 one also yep she's playing like the house mother nice uh, gets break. killed by an icicle <laughs>
1: mm, tough break
0: uh anyway um all that to say, and that's interesting that it, it does seem like they're working that stuff into a me too thing where like for a nineteen seventy-four film, you have a woman saying straight up, fuck you, you don't get to make decisions about whether or not I'm having an abortion. Mm-hmm. You have Margot Kidder who's like not just hysterical, but she's like she's kind of drunk and she's worried, and like then that scene where she is just trying to like like we've all had that person in the group that just tries to shock people by saying like Overly sexualized things or whatever, or just like random shit. That's just like, okay, just calm the fuck down.
2: She (laughs) screams, "You can't rape a townie!" And I was like, "What the fuck? (laughs) What do you uh, mean?"
0: (laughs) And that's and that's what makes Claire go upstairs because Claire's like, "That's fucked up, lady."
1: Yeah,
2: like, why the what the fuck did you say that for?
1: (laughs) I'd I'd like to point out that does the dog die? It points that out by saying, "There's disgust because it says it's rape mentioned and says yes." It says there's discussion of a rape that previously occurred and a drunk bitchy character says you can't rape rape a Tony.
2: That's a little misogynistic (laughs) to put it that way, but.
0: Oh, yeah, we need a does the dog die for that. Does the dog die? (laughs) Some misogyny detective. (laughs) What the fuck? Who wrote that? Billy wrote that. Um, God. (laughs) uh, But I was going to say, but that scene again, like that's sort of like, so it'd be like, you're drunk, go to bed. And then she would in other movies, but I was surprised that it turns into like, it's this deeper thing where she thinks she has this sort of guilt. And is like, you all blame me for this. You, you all think this is my fault, Um, which is a little bit more depth. It's not a ton of depth. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more depth than I expected them to give that character the way that she had sort of been the whole time. And she does have that really funny scene where that later pays off in a great scene where she like says, yeah, the exchange for our number is fellatio. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the guy doesn't know. yeah. Cause fuck the cops. These cops are stupid yep. and they're not helping. So make them sound dumb to their coworkers.
1: There's a cop that laughs at that scene that literally is just, they give him a name in a later scene where yeah. that Nash guy screws up again. And he's just credited as laughing detective, even though they gave him a name because he doesn't have any lines. He no. just sits there and laughs at how stupid that one guy is.
0: That is a good scene. He starts laughing well before, you know, specifically what happened. Yep. And one thing I pointed at, and one thing I saw pointed out that like, well, that's like a scene from Bob Clark's Porky's. What a, yep. what a weird career. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Maybe started slashers in North America. Maybe high school sex comedies.
1: And then maybe ruined Christmas movies.
0: Yeah. And then maybe like Treacly family Christmas movies because like they used to be about like foibles and heaven and angels and shit. I know, like like I said, we're about to do It's a Wonderful Life, but you know. know, Maybe credit him with all, you know, Hallmark shit too. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way that I explained it to he
0: made a christmas re- story i don't know we just keep obliquely referencing yeah he made a christmas <laughs>
1: story which if I, i'm sure most people have seen it but if we end up doing it next year or something like it just screams like one of those movies where like no one had pointed out the obvious for like 30 years and then like in the same way that in the same way and i don't mean this for it to be good it's not um but in the same way that like seinfeld just was like, what if we just say things that are happening and then everyone's gonna go nuts about it? Like, Christmas story just did that about the 50s, but they did it in the 80s and then everyone went nuts about it. And then a bunch of Gen Xers and like early millennials also really liked it because their parents liked it and then they had to watch it for a whole generation. And then it's on TNT forever instead of better Christmas movies. Yeah, and then and then Zoomers and other millennials and like customers are just like, why do we like this movie? It's garbage.
0: The movie's garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Hold on. Yep. Because I was just going to sum up a thing that I read that I can't even credit because it's just a screenshot that I sent to Greg, <laughs> um, because Greg was fighting with me about how that's actually a good movie. It was fucking not.
1: Oh God, Greg! Uh, another another L for Greg.
0: And it was um. Wait, I know uh, there's I had to remember which. Sorry, this is these discord recordings with everyone else. They're really quick. Um, (laughs) And it's just it's just not possible here. Um, I'll read it verbatim so you can Google it and properly credit. Uh, Let's look at what Reagan era Ralphie is actually nostalgic for a long suffering mom who can't have anything for herself. A dad who's (laughs) angry all the time. A childhood in which his biggest accomplishments were beating up a bully and getting a gun. <laughs> a world where boys make the rules and anyone who's not like them, girls, people of color, doesn't factor in. Worst of all, Ralphie looks back with fondness on a time when his family could open, openly laugh at Asian people. Um, so, yeah. And then I said, yeah, to be fair, these are all things Greg celebrates. So
1: <laughs> I mean, that movie... That movie really is just five one-liners and a kid getting his tongue stuck to a pole. And other than that, it's nothing.
0: It's not even about Christmas.
1: No, it's really not. It's just,
0: here's some shit that happened in winter.
1: Yep, here's a bunch of shitty things that happened that happened to a lot of families. But, like, yeah, no. People hadn't made a movie about the first time you swore in front of your parents. People hadn't made a movie about trying to stick your tongue to a pole in the middle of winter. Uh, like, and everyone went fucking nuts about it. Uh, the leg, uh, the yeah. leg, the leg at the window is probably the only even like nuanced, like actually decent bit. Like, and even that's whatever.
0: Yeah. It just sucks. I, you know, and that reading that, that great article that I won't credit. Um,
1: <laughs> hey, we can, we can get drunk and watch that next year.
0: <laughs> I want to say it's, no, Slate. Thanks. I think it's from slate. Um, Hey, breaking in with the terrible microphone to set the record straight as I am editing this recording. This is from an article titled Five Reasons Why a Christmas Story is Actually a Terrible Christmas Movie by Gwyn Watkins from December of 2018 on Yahoo Entertainment. So there you go. Properly credited. My conscience is clear. Um, Relatedly, a new H-Bomber Guy video is out about plagiarism. And I was watching that and thought it's probably good to credit this article. All right. Back to the past. And uh, them referring to him as Reagan era. And it's like, it's not about a kid. It's about a middle-aged Reaganite looking back on fondness where it's almost like he wants to make America great again. (laughs) I I, I mean, I I feel like that's what the movie is about. So, yeah. Uh, Anyway. This movie's super Canadian, Black Christmas. <laughs> I thought Bob Clark was Canadian. He's not Canadian. He moved to Canada to evade taxes. So it's really funny <laughs> that he made nostalgia movies about the 50s. What the fuck? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he had to pay taxes, so he loved it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, this also leads to a great word that we've never gotten to say in the podcast before. Connexploitation. So this is of a wave of connexploitation movies of which made Bob Clark like a big fucking deal in Canada, Um, way away from Hollywood, but making these cheap movies with a terrible sound mix, um, or at least, I mean, the version on Peacock has a terrible sound mix. I'm sure that's degradation over literally 50 years now. Um, I wonder if there is, I'm sure Shout Factory has like a super special edition that has a remix sound on it that, probably sounds better but i feel like anytime they were talking to kira Delea, there's like a huge echo for some reason (laughs) anyway what did you guys think about the movie
1: (laughs) um i so it's weird i went into it being like i'm not really in the mood to watch this movie but like we'll give it a shot and i feel like plot wise i wasn't really gripped but i was kind of intrigued by a lot of the different scenes and like i said before kind of how creative a lot of the scenes went so it was like this weird dichotomy of like man i don't really care about a lot of these characters but like every scene i kind of want to see what happened so like it certainly wasn't uh, it was certainly entertaining i'll give it that
0: okay cool yeah i I wouldn't say it kept me guessing because i never thought it was um what peter is i never thought it was peter either i mean his face looks like his name is kier delia so (laughs) yes He looks like he has a non-name that's just sounds. (laughs) um, And he just becomes shaped somewhere beyond Saturn's rings. Um, But, yeah. I liked that. It was pretty clear to me it wasn't him, but I don't feel like the movie thought I thought it was. I feel like the movie wanted me to have the tension of these fucking cops aren't getting it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There was the scene where he was killing... um, um, Margot Kidder's character in the bed and they flashed, um, like his face in the shadows. And for a second, I thought it was Peter. Cause it was very similar looking. Yeah, um, but you can especially. see that the, the, you can see that the eyes don't match. So it's like, Oh, okay. It's not him, but boy, did I think so for a bit? So it's like, wait, is there two killers? Like did scream also like take this from, uh, from this movie. And like, we're supposed to find out maybe that we think it's supposed to be him. Um, but then we find out it's like him and someone else that he was just responsible for this one. um, and then the Billy is like responsible for everyone else. Um, but all the blame gets put on um Peter. That's where I thought they were going with it. Um, and then that didn't turn out to be true. But
0: that makes sense. or I like that could have made sense for sure. Mm-hmm. I um i I do think it does an interesting thing where like it does introduce some characters who give off a kind of creepy vibe. Uh, Claire's dad I guess you're I guess you're supposed to maybe think he's a red herring but like he's not really I never believes that no he is kind of in the house a lot but yeah it was
2: weird that he hung out so much like it was weird (laughs) he was in the last
1: scene and they had him have a weird like (laughs) you're you're part of this too (laughs) yeah (laughs) like when he was in there I was like why is he still here like they're literally just talking brashly about dead bodies everywhere (laughs) he he wouldn't
0: need to be here
1: yeah and then he like faints kind of or whatever and then
0: yeah they still are like claire's out there somewhere we'll find her so yeah Yeah,
2: but like cops don't take the parents like on ride-alongs to find their kids (laughs) like that (laughs)
0: no i I got the impression he's like from out of town and he doesn't he was just picking her up and he was gonna leave he didn't like have a place to stay it doesn't it seems like it's you know, early seventies suburban Canada, there might not be like a hotel in town or something. Yeah, or even I if guess. there
1: was, like he wouldn't be hanging out at it. I like, just don't I, think
2: the cops would let him like yeah. hang like that yeah. is the only like, he'd be like
0: standing outside or something. Right.
2: Yeah. Like he wouldn't be right there.
0: <laughs> right. He wouldn't be like unaccompanied there. I f- at least the first time that he's there and then leaves with um a couple of the girls. Mrs. Mack is still there, too. So it's like, at least there's an adult there. while well, he's there that time. Right. Uh, yeah, it is where he's part of that last scene. But it's sort of like the movie being like, here's all the people that we maybe threw out that it might have been who are like walking through this scene. And then you see everyone leave the house and then you see that Billy is still in the attic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, so total kill counts. What, like four for Billy? I think. Depending if throw, on if, you uh, you know. I guess the kid in the park. Assumedly. Yeah. Do we know for sure that was it? No, but Claire Cop Barb, Outside too, Mrs. Mack and Andrea Martin's 4. Cop Outside's Carp- 5. Cop outside's five. Mm. They might be 6. That's a lot. Michael yeah. Myers is 3 in Halloween. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Sorry. Michael Myers is 4 in Halloween.
1: Hmm and i i would also like to throw out like a quick a quick not that it has anything to do with the kill count but like a quick uh positive for my fa- my three favorite background characters uh the first one is the guy who gets the it's like the taxi driver uh who they didn't really even they, they didn't even really need to give that guy anything <laughs> but like yeah the the house mother that gets killed calls a taxi and then the guy shows up like anybody here and doesn't say anything. Then he walks away and then he like turns around and like he doesn't like flip off the house, but he like kind of gives the house like uh, a yeah, uh, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like which is a really weird thing to do. And it made me think that they didn't give that guy direction and he just went out for himself. And <laughs> and they were just like, yeah, we'll keep it. He tried, he, he did a thing. We'll, we'll we'll let him have it. Uh, yeah. He got his 10K and he moved on uh, or whatever the scale was at the time. And yeah. then the. Um, <laughs> The other two were those two guys that showed up with a gun, and were just like, "Hey, you guys should be careful. <laughs> There's a killer on the loose." It's like, "Yeah, you're the guy who just knocked on a door with a
0: gun." <laughs> like, it's not even the door. They went to the yeah. window first, and yeah. Andrew Martin's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I did like that. They were like, "What was? She was like, the line on the window like, with a gun?" I'd rather deal with the killer. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Such a good guys <laughs> Yeah, such, a, such an unnecessary scene, but it was so good. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I like that they're like, yeah, okay, bye. They keep closing and opening the door. It's like, yep. Played for laughs in a way that is also surprising. Um, and like
1: what's her, her excuse is like oh, i'd let you in but my dog just died which is like a yeah. perfect like it's like a perfect <laughs> excuse for someone who doesn't know what to say but just wants the person to leave
0: yeah and he's like oh i don't want to bother you in a time like this but just so you know like <laughs> your uh, dog's not the only thing that's been dying around here yeah and before we get a million emails it's five Michael Myers kills if you count the, uh, the prologue <laughs> in Halloween. I was just meant like from when he escapes from the sanatorium to the end of Halloween. There's four. On it that, really one.
1: saved Noah on that one.
0: He's going to get a million emails. Um, <laughs> yeah, that there's a lot of vibes like that that are like like I said, there's a lot of surprises as just how the movie feels. I thought it was going to be way more exploitative. Uh, I thought it was going to be way. Uh, so I thought it was going to be more exploitative, but I also thought like. The Shit that's in there is pretty fucking brutal, all the Billy stuff. Yep. Um, and I think it so for that reason, I think it, it holds, I haven't seen it before, but I think as a 50 year old horror movie that's sort of Sweet generis, like it holds up pretty well in my estimation. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Did you guys find it scary? I thought there were some like really unsettling images, which props because that's hard to do 50 years removed, but yep. um, I mean, I don't find it, like super scary if people are listening and they're like oh i don't know if i can handle this it's not like i don't know
1: we watched it right before bed and even brought it up before we watched it because she was like "Oh, maybe we can watch it like tomorrow like during the day yeah. or something like on lunch or something i was like yeah like i'd like to just you know knock it out so we don't have to like you know time manage for time management reasons but like yeah i went to bed and like literally my thought was if i this was 1974 and i was leaving the theater during the credits with like the phone ringing in the background and stuff it just how Abruptly, that movie ends well I don't think it's in a bad way, but just like I remember how, like, I don't want to go into it because Bray hasn't seen it yet, but I don't know how Gone Girl ended. I remember leaving that theater just like catatonic almost, just like, Bleh. oh,
0: like, I hope I don't get Gone Girl today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but just like so much happens in act three of that movie that i just like, wow, okay, uh, like masterpiece. I was like, I'm sure like I would have been leaving that theater just terrified, like, yeah. you know, just like so visceral, especially the scene where where Billy's like runs down the stairs screaming and like, she barely gets the door closed and he's still screaming. Like it's very,
0: she gives up on the front door way too fast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, just, Oh, like just terrified. Like, I, like, like I when that happened, I was like, that's probably the scariest thing in this whole movie. Like, yeah. and it's just, um, to like, like to me, it ended. It was almost like, i it back to the seventies. It was like, like those people are probably walking out terrified. I'm sitting here like, like, Michael in the good place like oh the time knife we've all said like oh the misogynistic um murder of women we've seen that in cinema like where like I I could sleep soundly. This is a thing I've been exposed to already
0: I think that's that's a better way to put it so I wouldn't say it's not scary I would say it's scary in the way Bree I mean you I don't want to put words in your mouth but the way you were talking about before that this is like and not it's not supernatural right like this is a thing (laughs)
2: Yeah, this has literally happened in real life. Like, one of the most famous cases is the Ted Bundy case. Um, But I think... So, I wouldn't consider it super scary. Um, I can definitely see this being way more terrifying in the 70s before caller ID and before uh, wiretapping was much quicker than it is now and stuff like that. Um, And before... People really realized that they had to like lock their doors and stuff like that because I feel like people back then were very nonchalant about their safety. Yeah. Um, and then watching this movie being like, oh shit, that's something I have to worry about. And, um, but yeah, I nowadays, because a lot of it, um, we like we know to lock our doors, like we. Um, We have caller ID. We have all this stuff. Now it's more of just a thriller that you're watching. Whereas instead of like being something scary that you think can happen, which still can happen because people still find men living in their basements after whatever many years. um, But it is way more of a thriller of like, yikes, like that could happen. But it's not um, it's not like how it was in the 70s. I think
0: that's fair. Um, So, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the right way to put it. What I meant before when I said it's not scary is like, as a horror movie, is mm. it going to fuck you up? It's like, no. You, no. Probably already, you probably already know about the scary parts of this. Just right. like from life. Um, but there are a couple really good images. Mm. Despite the plastic bag on the head thing and the rocking chair being on the poster for it, it still really works in the movies. They return to it in a few different ways throughout. Mm. And... Um, yeah, I really liked two shots, both so both right before and right after the Barb stuff. Or actually, the eye through the slit of the door is after Andrew Martin dies. It just is in the same room as Barb, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but him over Barb, where you just see the, the one shaft of light over his eye. Right. And yeah. he's like shaking and he has the unicorn over his head and he's about to stab her. That's a great image. That's just... Yep. That's just good image making.
2: Yeah, using a unicorn figurine, something that could represent like innocence and stuff like that, and using that to kill a college girl is uh, very powerful imagery. With the carolers like drowning out her screams, like very, very carolers. good scene.
0: That's that was good. That was those cowards those... went for a
1: second first and I'm like, oh Jesus
0: Christ <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Lemary Hesse is probably feeling the same way. It's like oh fuck
1: Hold <laughs> out! She's got the door open. Yeah,
0: um, and I think, and he used the unicorn because he was trying to say that Barb was a robot, right? Yeah, that's a great Blade Runner joke, and like, <laughs> I, it was for me. You know, I, I knew it wasn't going to get a big reaction. That's
1: sorry. Right. I have I'm I don't woefully, know that reference. <laughs> I am woefully have never seen Blade Runner, which is probably one of my largest.
0: <laughs> done within a few episodes of alien so yep. also about two years ago
1: the Frank, um,
0: you got Marvel, me for avatar than...
1: so that was always the one that i told people so now i can't say that one anymore
0: <laughs> definitely more people die in avatar than in black yeah. christmas <laughs> um
1: way more white savior too <laughs>
0: uh yeah <laughs> I was trying to think if there's any people of color in this movie, actually, now that I think about it. but it's not Canada top. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't know. Olivia <laughs> Hussey's from Argentina.
2: Argentinians are very white.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: One thing I did want to bring up, because this is definitely something we talked about, that the actress that did Claire, she actually had a bag over her head and she actually was holding her breath and keeping her eyes open for that long because she was a swimmer. So she said that it was actually really easy to do that, which was very impressive because I thought that was a mannequin for a lot of that.
0: Also, like a pretty. I like. Uh, I mean, that's that's like a pretty extreme stunt also, because I feel like exactly that can go wrong a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I assume there must have been like maybe like a hole in yeah. the, like in the bag, but just still like you can't be breathing and you can't and you gotta keep your eyes open.
2: No, she says uh, they really like
0: tight on her face, and it's like yeah, you know, true. Yeah, they the, interviewed in her, her mouth. Right, she
2: says that it was an actual plastic bag over her head for extended periods of time, and that she, she just... just was really good at holding her breath.
1: I feel like if I had done that scene, I would at least need like scissors in my hand or something, just in case.
0: Yeah, I would just feel
2: too claustrophobic, even if I could hold my breath. Yeah,
0: yeah, it has to not be around your actual neck tightly, right? Even if it's tight like on your nose and mouth, right? Um, Just for safety's sake, I hope. Um, (laughs) Anything else we want to say about the movie before we move into ratings and then uh, December questions? Um,
2: I don't think so. I think I got most of my points across.
0: Yeah, I think I've also like given a decent amount of summing up blurbs already, so <laughs> I won't so I won't repeat those. And instead, I'll just say, let's go to ratings on a scale of point five to five on any scale of your choosing, except stars. This one, you actually have a lot of objects to choose from for your scale. What would you give the nineteen seventy four cult classic Black Christmas? And a follow up question. Um. Originally titled "Silent Night," "Evil Night," and then retitled "Stranger in the House" on TV. What's your favorite of the three titles? <laughs> "Silent Night," what? "Silent Night," "Evil Night." Evil.
2: <laughs> it's a little too on the nose. <laughs> I think I like Black Christmas. I think I like the the simplicity of it.
0: From a marketing standpoint, you want Christmas in the title, like yeah, on, uh, I think dark Chris, or a uh, dark Christmas. I think Black <laughs> Christmas works. Dark Christmas is good.
2: Was there even a Christmas tree in this movie? Did they reference Christmas?
0: There's a lot of Christmas lights and carolers. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
2: besides the carolers, but like...
0: I think it's like everyone's going home for Christmas. Oh, I guess, yeah, that's right. why it's not that weird that the house is essentially empty. Right. (laughs) People just keep assuming. I guess the 20 people that were here in scene one went home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The themes it seems like Christmas and like the way the child's play is a Christmas movie (laughs) where like it sets up the very beginning of like, this is why there's so many of these toys. And this is why Andy's mom gave him a toy. But like the rest of the movie doesn't really reference Christmas all that much besides like very subtle themes.
0: But so just from the trailer. So, you know, grain of salt or whatever, but, um, the 2006 Black Christmas that has all like the Billy's background stuff, his, he eventually like murders his family on Christmas. And then uh. 15 years later, he breaks out of a sanatorium and wants to go home. Does that sound like any other movie you ever heard? Um uh, uh, e. Holiday? Uh, <laughs> So it's funny. Cause like, you know, maybe 1978 Halloween is taking a lot from 1974 Black Christmas, but 2006, Black Christmas is just doing Michael Myers. Right. Um, in Halloween. Halloween. Um, a lot of the voiceover phone calls that they put in the trailer, he's saying like, jingle all the way. And like, so he's, so he's a Christmas themed murderer in that movie. Gotcha. Which Billy is not in the, mm. in the original. Right. He's just, or he's just around and it's Christmas, but he's <clears> not <throat> Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he's not Christmas at all. He's not Christmas even a bit. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care that it's Christmas. He is not in the holiday spirit. Nope. Um, yeah, I think Black Christmas is the best title. Okay, so now we'll go to readings. Ratings.
2: Um, I give this a 3.5. Fuck Peters out of five. <laughs> I hate him so much. As soon as the abortion talk came up, I was like, fuck this character <laughs> all the way.
0: Like, Peter, come on. He's, he's just worried that he's, like, already 50. He's going to be shooting blanks. He's like, you can't let this one yeah. go. Um, this is my last chance. This is my last chance.
1: <laughs> I think he first said whatever he said in the movie. Like, oh, like, you know, like, you can't abort. You haven't even asked me yet. And Bree was, like, out loud. was like, oh, God. And I said, as a joke, I said, nah, let him cook. <laughs> not Hold even on. as a joke. <laughs>
0: it's like, no. Clearly Absolutely mean. not. Let's run an uh. ISO for Pete. Yeah, uh, that guy he's sucks. Got, he's bad at piano. <laughs> he doesn't even break a piano that well. Let's be real. They they rented that piano for the yeah. production. <laughs> it's like uh, we're gonna give you the rubber mic stand and, yeah. uh, don't hit it too hard. It's like, we're gonna like shoot M-dust. from we're gonna shoot from an angle where you can't see any of the strings inside that thing, and we're gonna put like a rubber mat on top. <laughs> Um, yeah, that guy sucks. And I do like that, like, she doesn't go with it at all, which is cool. I was, that was actually uh, a
2: pretty pleasant surprise for me. Like, I liked that she was very, like, I was terrified for her when he threatened her about it. Yeah. But, um, but no, she stood her ground the entire time. And I was like, this is the seventies. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I really do like the detail that they put in that the killer uses a line that Billy that, uh, yes. that Billy uses a line that Pete had just used in like the yep. scene before that. Um that's really good because he's just like speaking in tongues basically and then he pulls <laughs> that out and you're like, "Oh yep. fuck."
2: Yeah, no, that was it's that really was really good.
0: Great. Sam, you want to go or you want me to go?
2: Um
1: you go cuz I'm 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 close to a bit, but I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how i want to say it
0: uh four out of five harried call tracers um, <laughs> that guy was my favorite part of the movie i i really liked this movie as i think i've said a lot of times it exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways and i just had a really good time watching it um it does have a bit of a double indemnity issue. a thing I've referenced before where it's a movie you watch that like, oh, this is what every parody of this genre I've seen is parodying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of this stuff in the movies that you've seen done in other movies, sometimes making fun of that trope. Um, but I, uh, I still really, really vibed with it, I think. And it's, it's like 96 minutes, like, it's on Peacock. You, you throw it on. It's it's getting the holiday spirit. I loved I fucking loved that guy. It was just like, I've always... Wa- so anytime someone's tracing a call, you're like, oh, yeah, there's some computer somewhere that's just like, you know, yep. there's a wheel spinning and you got to wait or there's a bar filling up to 100% yeah. and they're just not getting there. And that's how it's usually shown in any movie made in the last 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, but you never think like, oh, yeah, there's an actual guy. Who's running around, I guess, (laughs) looking for, like, there's a specific mechanical thing that's happened on a specific exchange, and that's how you trace the call. It's like, yeah, because he hears it on his
1: end. He's, like, trying to figure out where it is, and he's like, oh, it's here. Here, I got it. Like,
0: Why he needs time is he's physically running around (laughs) trying to locate a thing. (laughs) and <laughs> it is fucking awesome every yeah. time they do it they use the shot a couple times where it's panning by mm-hmm. rows and you're seeing him like between the rows of phone stuff
3: yep. <laughs> servers <laughs> maybe because
2: it was I on landline so they had it was very manual back then now it's all phone towers and stuff and you can literally just pull it a uh, pull up software and just click on it and just takes not i don't remember how long it takes now, but it's not very long at all.
0: No, and I mean, and that guy is one of the few people who does his job because he (laughs) says he needs 10 minutes. I I, the call he gets it on is only a couple minutes. He does. Mm -hmm. He does a pretty good job. (laughs) The ones he doesn't get it on are like 30 seconds. Like this isn't Usain Bolt here. Like give him a second. (laughs) (laughs) Is that enough vamping, Sam? You got to, you got to. Oh yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs) Um, I was between a
1: three and a half and a four, so I guess I'm happy that the that the score regardless will land somewhere between that. Um so um I'm, I'm gonna get I'll bump it. I'll be nice. Uh it's the Christmas spirit. Uh so I'll give it a four
0: out of five. Ho ho ho
1: fucks.
2: Well, that was a good scene. Yep.
0: I think it was seemed like a main character for the first twenty five minutes of the yep, movie. Yeah, it really
2: did.
1: I think mean, I think that was his last scene.
0: Yeah, I think it was too. He's like, oh, like, this is the funny guy. He's like, it's yep. like a Seth, a seventy Seth Rogen type. He's gonna get all the laugh lines, and you're like, oh no, that's not this movie anymore. Yep. He also went home for Christmas, I guess.
1: Yep, I guess so. I don't even know the actor for that guy because I don't know his character's name. Yeah,
0: and uh, one of the things I was reading also on speculation was like, you know, there's a lot of movies around this time that like that guy would have been the killer. Yep. Like, oh, this guy that like made a big. S- that like stood out early in the movie, but you haven't seen it in a while. Yep. And the cops are going to find him and he'll be in like a tattered Santa costume or some shit. Right. But yep, no, he's just not in the movie anymore.
1: Yep. That's it for him.
0: <laughs> um, I think we've all said varying degrees of this, but just to have it sort of flatly, did, did you also, both of you enjoy this more than you thought you would, or was it around the same as you expected?
2: I think I enjoyed it more than I thought it was. I was very, I was excited to see the movie that inspired uh, Halloween, um, and it was it was really interesting seeing just how much uh, spawned from this movie. Like even if they don't credit this movie, you can clearly tell this movie inspired way more slashers after this. And it was it was cool seeing the blueprint. Like it wasn't a phenomenal movie, but it definitely laid out a lot of future tropes.
1: Uh, my thoughts were some are similar to what I said earlier. Just I kind of went into it ex- ex- like assuming we'd get like a slasher that wasn't bad because it's a cult classic. So I was like, oh, probably a lot of bodies, probably a lot of bad acting. You know, here we go. And instead, I got pretty decent acting and um, some some really cool. Sh- I'm not usually one for movie minutia, shall we say? Like from like uh like when you and Vaz are talking about the blocking in... The birds. I was, was like, so I know what blocking. I was like, I know what I know what blocking is, but like, I'm, I don't, I don't think I noticed blocking ever, but until like someone points it out, I'm like, yeah, it actually does make sense that they put all those people in this part of the scene. Um, but yeah, no, it was just some stuff about that that I was just like, oh man, didn't think they were they're going to bring out something like this, or oh, I didn't know they were going to do this shot. You know, like it was kind of kept me on my toes almost from that perspective. It's like I kind of said like every scene, I kind of felt like, oh. Like, what's, what's this scene going to bring me? Which is more yeah. positive than I thought.
2: Yeah, yeah, the acting was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and very weirdly more feminist of a movie I thought it was going to be. Like, um, you mentioning that the director very specifically didn't want the girls to like be exploited or anything like that. Um, that with, um, with... What's her face? Me calling this a feminist movie. Also, me not remembering the women's names. Yes, <laughs> um, this was the
0: main character.
2: Yes, yeah. Um, standing up for her own bodily autonomy and stuff like that. Like, usually women are not treated well in horror movies. Like, so for uh the first slasher in the seventies to treat women uh pretty well is impressive.
0: That being said, we're pretty positive they're all brutally murdered by the by the time the credits are done rolling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I agree. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it yeah, still a, me. still
3: a
2: slasher, still women getting killed, but they were not completely brain dead, stupid women.
0: <laughs> no, there was, there was so much more interiority than I thought there right. would be.
2: Exactly, same. I thought it was going to be a little more mindless of a slasher.
0: Yeah, weirdly, this movie is more expensive than Halloween was to make. You know? huh we made a lot more money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. I don't actually have a December question yet. I assume Christmas themed. I thought it would be funny to just ask the same question about like, what do you just got to have on your Christmas table Um, that I did last month about Thanksgiving tables. But uh, I immediately thought like a better question is just like, what's your favorite Christmas movie? It's Uh, true. It's straightforward, but there it is. (laughs) You could
1: say, what's your favorite like Christmas comfort movie? Mm. if that like kind of gives it a different spin.
0: Yeah, maybe. So let's like... let's go
2: with that. My favorite is Jim Carrey's The Grinch. absolutely love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't, but
0: I fucking like love Jim thing. Carrey. I think it's a me <laughs> thing. I find the makeup in that movie to be stomach dirting. I just it looks That's so worse favorite. to me. That's not really what the Jim Who's Gary. look like in the cartoon.
2: No, <laughs> so, it was a very was weird worse. decision.
0: <laughs> it makes my skin crawl, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm, if Not I, if, too tight if, then. I was gonna say, and I'd be worried if it didn't, <laughs> because that would mean it's too tight.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: my
1: my favorite Christmas movie. I want to say Die Hard.
2: That's your comfort movie. Yeah, even a
1: comfort movie. But like, I'll try to go, go somewhere. I'll, I'll try. You're to in the be first
2: more.
0: episode. You can claim Die Hard.
1: I can claim Die Hard. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'll I'll just I'll just stick with Die Hard. I mean. Sure a lot of good christmas related moments i really like where he's got the like i know it's not like a huge line but like just the it's christmas it's the time for miracles like there's a lot of fun innocence played with in that movie that is obviously very not innocent um and yeah no that's that's probably gonna be it for me because like while i don't i don't hate christmas movies, i certainly don't see them
0: hmm. I'll go. With, so you saying like comfort movies specifically, the, there's only one movie that I watch every year and that's a uh, Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: Oh, I should have said Muppet Christmas Carol, but it's oh, too late so, now. Oh,
0: mine. Uh, <laughs> no, you can I mean, also enjoy that movie. It's fine. I,
1: I actually, so I haven't watched, I hadn't watched Muppet Christmas Carol for a while. I watched it probably last year around Christmas uh, and I meant to like watch it with Bree later, um, but I forgot. And maybe I'll try to get around to it this, this year, but I hadn't watched it in like, I probably was like ten the last time I had watched it or so. And oh, like no. enough that I had remembered like I knew most of the song. Like I remember the We're Marley and Marley.
3: Ooh.
1: You know, like all so those funny. hits. Uh but yeah, I had forgotten <laughs> I had forgotten the opening song. Like that there goes Mr. Humbug, and there no. goes Mr. Grimm. And like that song came on and just like did the nostalgia insta transport and i'm like yeah. oh i'm so back in on this movie <laughs> we are so back <laughs> not we're back we're so back. we're so back it's um, we're back we went too far <laughs> it's time, short times
0: again. oh no sorry i kind of ranted over your answer <laughs> that's fine it's a good answer we should we should also be so excited about it um if you do rewatch it this holiday season You can revisit our episode two years ago, featuring Greg, who hates Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on, Bree and Sam. Ooh, Absolutely. Stay tuned all month long for Christmas stuff. Next up is It's a Wonderful Life. We've got gremlins coming down the pike, literally. Uh Uh-oh, look out. And (laughs) um, there's another one that we'll do, too, that we haven't decided on yet. Ooh, big tease. Big tease. All right, cool. hope it's good.
2: Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. Find our stuff on Linktree. Not Christmas tree. (laughs) Linktr.ee slash late to the movies for all those good jokes. Uh, etc. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, (laughs) guys. Thanks. Merry Chrysler. Kill it, Craig. Craig! Get in here, buddy. It's over.
3: (laughs) He's trying his best.